Have you ever had a problem that you just could not solve and someone came, they just snapped their fingers and the problem was solved? We're going to look at that in Romans chapter 9 through 11 on this episode of Inverse. Coming to you from Silver Spring, Maryland, welcome to Inverse, a Bible-based conversation on life principles, contemporary issues, and thought-provoking perspectives. Now here's your host, Justin Kim, with Inverse. The book of Romans solved these big problems of the universe from salvation to sin to hope to Holy Spirit. And in chapters 9 through 11, we look at the problem of Israel. Thanks so much for joining us. We are in the studio with Sebastian, Jonathan, Siku, and myself, Justin Kim, and we are studying the book of Romans. So we want to encourage you out there to take out your Bibles. If you haven't been doing already for the last eight episodes, we are in this arc of the book of Romans and getting into the text, into the verse in verse. Uh, welcome, you guys. Thank you. How are you guys doing? <laughs> Amazing. And, uh, we, uh, we're going to pray, and we're going to read, and we're going to talk, we're going to study, and we're going to pray more, and then we're going to repent, and then we're going to be awesome. Yeah? This is kind of our, <laughs> our skills that, that, that we have. Our arc. Our, yeah, our arc. <laughs> Jonathan, can pray for us? Sure, that's our heads. Heavenly Father, I want to thank you so much for this day and the opportunity we have to study the Bible again. I pray that you please uh, will bless this study. May the words uh, make a difference in our lives uh, and for our viewers as well. And we invite your spirit to guide us. This we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Uh, chapters 9 through 11 are considered to be one of the most difficult passages of, of a book of Romans and maybe even the New Testament outside of Revelation because Revelation can be very itself. difficult. Uh, but, but Paul kind of does that, yeah? Uh, mm-hmm. Paul gets into the nitty-gritty <laughs> and like he's wrestling with these these huge themes. Let's go to chapter 10, verse 9 through 13, and let's read kind of the, the core of this passage. And okay. Sebastian, if you can read that for us. All right. That if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For with the heart one believes unto righteousness. And with the mouth, confession is made unto salvation. For the scripture says, whoever believes on him will not be put to shame. Mm -hmm. For there is no distinction between Jew and Greek. For the same Lord over all is rich to all who call upon him. For whoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. Mm, thanks, Sebastian. And then Siku, uh, we have we've eight chapters, yeah? If just without, uh, as, as, as best as you can, where have we been to and where, where are we coming to in this, in this point of Romans? Okay, so really brief synopsis. <laughs> really brief synopsis. Okay. Or you can go as detailed as, as oh, okay. you want. <laughs> I'll go super brief. Okay. Um, so and I'll follow Romans. along with the Bible with you. <laughs> yeah, okay, so Romans chapter 1, yep. we start with the gospel. The yep. gospel is awesome. And and then Paul establishes that we all need the gospel because yep. we have all sinned. Yep. So chapter mm. 2, chapter 3, everybody has sinned. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Jews, whether you're Jew or Gentile, whether you have knowledge, you don't have knowledge. Like we're all in the same boat. Mm-hmm. We need Jesus. Mm-hmm. Um, and then he goes and he gives what, how we access this is through faith. And he gives us a picture of that in the life of Abraham mm-hmm. in chapter 4. And then chapter 5, like who makes this possible is Jesus Christ. Mm-hmm. We're in this mess because of one man, mm-hmm. Adam. And we come out of this mess because of one man, Jesus. Mm-hmm. And so we have salvation. And then he goes into, oh no, I got stuck in my head. Chapter 6 and 7, mm-hmm. he talks about, Jono? You know, the life of, uh, of the death. Oh, yeah, 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 the actual experience. Yeah, he okay. goes practical, right? Okay. Mm-hmm. So, okay. <laughs> so he talks about the, the, the practical experience of what, what that looks like. In chapter 7, he talks about um, that internal struggle that you go through and okay. who helps us with all of that. Um, mm-hmm. It's 
Jesus, and ultimately that we can live this victorious life through the Holy Spirit in chapter eight. So we have Spirit, 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 Spirit. Oh, awesome, 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 awesome. It's it's interesting how uh, this is actually a very systematic study. Uh, We all we all process that system Mm -hmm. systematization uh, in different ways. Mm -hmm. Uh, I I see it as in terms of the word word, words that repeated one 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 in five, death, death, death in six, la 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 in seven, Spirit, 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 Spirit in in eight. But you look at it experientially. And it's totally a, a different way of looking at it. Uh, I've, I haven't looked at seven in an experiential way, but it is totally. You know, I do, I don't do, I do, 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 but I don't do that. That's very cool. You're more the, da- the data person, aren't you? I am data. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. I'm like existential. Existential. Mm. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Yes. Yeah. So we're categorizing ourselves. That's right. Yes. Yes. How about you guys? What are you guys? Uh, I'm a Mac. You're a Mac. You're a PC. Okay. <laughs> We can tell. I can tell. In the way of thinking, no, it's true. Okay, very good. I don't know what that means. <laughs> All right. So, so he's abstract, and uh, Sebastian, I'm the philosopher. Philosopher. Okay. Absolutely. The extrovert. All right. So, philosopher and abstract and existentialist. We go to chapter nine through eleven, and all of a sudden, kind of uh, Paul shifts gears in a sense. And there's two theories. One says that Paul is like totally talking about something different, has nothing to do with one through eight. And then another theory says that yeah, no, he's talking. About one through eight. This is a natural problem that comes out of one through eight. Mm-hmm. Uh, nine through eleven is mm-hmm. its own section. He does talk about, you know, what happens to Israel. How do we deal with Israel? What do you do with a problem like Israel? Right. Um, <laughs> not our friend Israel, but the 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 the, the entity of Israel mm-hmm. and Israel. Yeah, yeah, historical Israel. What what do we do with nine through eleven? Uh, this is a hard passage. Yeah, I I really, you know, you said that some people struggle with like, how does he jump from uh, chapter eight now into this topic? Yes. Right? Them, yes. I don't think it is. Uh, in the mind of Paul, if you go to chapter 8, verse 39, he, you know, he's just at this crescendo of God's love. Nothing can separate us, right? Verse 39, it says, Nor height, nor depth, nor any other created thing shall be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. At this point, Paul, you know, I imagine him tears in his eyes because he's so overwhelmed and this is just so beautiful. But then he thinks of all his fellow friends, you know, and, and family and what he grew up to believe in and to, to, to live for. Verse 1 of chapter 9 now says, it's like a sigh, you know, I tell you the truth in Christ. I'm not lying. My conscience also bearing me witness in the Holy Spirit that I have great sorrow and continual grief in my heart for I could wish that I must have for a curse from Christ for my brethren, my countrymen according to my flesh. So Paul see, he says, this is the gospel. This is what it's all about. Jesus in your heart, the Holy Spirit living in your heart, living the victorious life of joy and, and surrender, right? And, and now he thinks back on what he used to live and all, all the people he knows, and they're missing out on this, you know? Mm-hmm. They're missing a point. So I think there is a, a connection here, mm-hmm. and I think that's kind of, and I don't know, but this is, my guess is, this is how Paul is thinking now. Mm-hmm. And now he goes into this exhortation about what happens to Israel. Mm-hmm. Yes. And let's, and let's also look at the fact that when he said that he was not ashamed of the gospel, that mm-hmm. it's the power of God unto mm-hmm. salvation, right? To the Jew first. Mm-hmm. Yes. So he's also really realizing that the church in Rome isn't just Romans. It's not just Gentiles, Greeks mm-hmm. and barbarians. There's also Jews involved. Yes. And Paul is anticipating the fact that he doesn't want them to think that because he's preaching this thing that it goes to everybody that, okay, what do we do with the fact that these Jews had this message first? Mm-hmm. They had this information first. Yes. Mm-hmm. Jesus was a Jew. He was born of Mary. Mm-hmm. And how are we going to navigate that? And he's also kind of connecting with an everyday believer now, like Jonathan referenced when he says there in verse three, for I could wish that I myself 
were accursed from Christ for my brethren, Mm -hmm. my countrymen, according to the flesh, Mm -hmm. who are Israelites, to whom pertain the adoption, the glory, the covenants, the giving of the Mm -hmm. law, the service of God, and the promises. We all, when we come to that, the blessing of the gospel, we have people in our lives that we're thinking about Mm -hmm. that may not necessarily be in our church through a spiritual relationship, but through actual earthly family blood relationships. Mm -hmm. And Paul is like, I have a, I have this burden. Mm -hmm. And we can see that Paul is bringing out this problem because his family were integral to the bringing on of the covenants and the promise. So can you imagine it was your family? By how all of this was introduced as people, world. Mm-hmm. right? Yeah, and now they're like, we rejected it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean that's hard to think like mm-hmm. we had it. This beautiful message I just explained for eight yeah. chapters, mm-hmm. and my family right. missed it. Mm-hmm. This, this is very important, and this is kind of a hint also uh, for our viewers to mm-hmm. our next season on. We're going to talk about covenants, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. The the Old Testament, the Jews they had the gospel. Mm-hmm. God, in different words, sometimes in different stories and terms, He revealed. The truths that Paul has been pointing out in Romans in the Old Testament through the Old Covenant, you know, and all these things. So that was revealed to them. Mm-hmm. And but you know, the, over time they missed the point. All these things. So uh, I think it's important to point that out. That he, you know, Paul is 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 burdened mm-hmm. here for his people, and now he goes into you know explaining what will happen. And yeah. So no. Very very good points. Uh, we got, we have to establish very clearly that yes. we are looking at the Bible as one continuous message, yes. one promise together. And there are many who believe that the Old Testament is old and the New Testament <laughs> is new. The Old Testament is like this God who sits on a throne with a beard and he's got a thunderbolt and he's very angry and he's like, Arr. and the New Testament is the hippie Jesus who's got also a nice beard but's combed instead of being messy. And instead of a lightning rod, he's got a shepherd's rod and, and these are the two gods. Yeah, mm-hmm. And you got to choose who you want. Obviously, we all want to choose the latter half. Right. But what, what the scripture is pointing to is actually one consistent, the same God. Yes. And this there's an irony. And so this question is, what do we do with Israel? Many people, well, we don't care. That has nothing to do with us. Mm. Uh, but this reveals a lot how God deals with, with all humanity. Yes. Yeah. So in this passage, what are some issues that you see? What are some, some of the, uh, the verses that pop out to you that, uh, that you want to talk about? Siku. <laughs> um, I mean, he's worried, yeah. he's worried about, <clears throat> like he was saying, if, if Israel has rejected God, mm. right? And then he says in verse 14, what shall we say then? Chapter 9. Uh, chapter 9, verse 14. Verse 14. I beg your pardon. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. Um, what shall we say then? Is there unrighteousness with God? Certainly not. Mm-hmm. This comes from he's talking about that God said he was going to save Israel. Mm-hmm. Right. So he's like, is God lying? Mm-hmm. Did God tell a lie when he said that he was going to save Israel? This is one of the issues that mm-hmm. um, Paul is tackling. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. This, this chapter 9 can be, be a bit confusing, but uh, my understanding is in general, it's saying that God can do whatever he wants to do. Right. Mm-hmm. Right. He can foreordain, he can predestine, but he, but he, he's not this capricious God that does whatever he wants no. for random sake. There is a reason to what he does. Yes. Yes. So let's start reading from chapter 10, verse 1, and we'll, we'll build up to the section that, that Sebastian read with for us. Verse 1, the Bible says in Romans chapter 10, mm-hmm. verse 1, Brethren, my heart's desire and prayer to God uh, to God for Israel is that they may be saved. saved. Yes. So in chapters 1 through 8, we have this opening up of salvation, right? Chapter 1, everyone needs the gospel. Chapter 2 and 3, everyone is a sinner. Chapter 4, everyone needs to be like Abraham, the original Jew, the first one, the George Washington right. of the George Washington <laughs> of Jews, or insert your own leader. Uh, chapter 5, and as, as Siku mentioned. So verse 2, 
Verse 2, chapter 10, verse 2. For I bear witness that they may that they have a zeal for God, but not according to knowledge. Mm. For they, being ignorant of God's righteousness, seeking to establish their own righteousness, have not submitted to the righteousness of God. Yeah, this is the, the quintessential Jewish problem. Verse 4. For Christ is the end of the law for righteousness to everyone who believes. So verse 4, mm-hmm. uh, we've been talking about righteousness. Yes, we're yep. talking about being good, being good with God, being good in, in ourselves. Mm-hmm. Uh, what is that uh, uh, we find in verse 4. Uh, we find that that is being like Christ. Yeah? Correct. Christ. So when we look at this verse, many people quote this, for Christ is the end mm-hmm. of the law, and people say that's, hey, there's the law is gone. But when we come back after the break, we'll see, is it really the end of the law, or is it something else? So stay with us. Has Inverse been a blessing to you? Do you have questions, comments, or feedback you'd like to leave us? Find us on social media by searching Inverse Bible on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, or YouTube. While there, join us, like us, heart us, thumbs up us. Our handle again is Inverse Bible, no spaces. Now, back to the discussion. For Christ is the end of the law. We find that that word for end mm-hmm. is not the word for completion and termination, but in the Greek it is the word the end goal. For Christ is the goal of the of the law, the righteous mm-hmm. of the law. So what are what are some other issues that that uh, I mean this chapter, although it's, it's it's addressing a local problem, it has some universal issues that are especially pertaining to righteousness. Sebastian. Well, when we go back to chapter nine in verse thirty, Paul says, "What shall we say then?" that Gentiles who did not pursue righteousness have obtained to righteousness, even the righteousness of faith. Mm -hmm. But contrast, Israel pursuing the law of righteousness has not attained to the law of righteousness. Why? Because they did not seek it by faith, Mm -hmm. but as it were, by the works of the law. For they stumbled at that stumbling stone as it is written, behold, I lay in Zion a stumbling stone and rock of offense, and whoever believes on him will not be put to shame. Hmm. So as we're kind of building to our initial scripture reading, right, whoever calls upon the Lord shall be saved. He's saying that God had put this in the Old Testament. Mm-hmm. This was there for Israel. Mm-hmm. But the problem was the way that they were trying to pursue righteousness was the problem. Mm-hmm. So we see that Israel, with all of its privileges that Paul is burdened for, he's like, they got all these privileges and they, they consented, like Paul kind of said in chapter 7. They wanted to be righteous. They wanted mm-hmm. to fulfill the law. The problem was they were trying to attain to it mm-hmm. by obedience to the law rather than seeking it by faith. Mm-hmm. So it's like, you can seek it. And the Gentiles are seeking, but they actually attained mm-hmm. because of they pursued it by faith and Israel did not. Mm-hmm. And so he's trying to essentially establish the question of how, what's going to happen to them now that they failed to obtain it because of how they tried to attain it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And can they come around to what the Gentiles have done? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and while, you, while you were talking, I was just thinking that we also have to clarify that when we say they, the Jews, right, mm-hmm. uh, that this doesn't, this is not the block of the entire Jewish people throughout the history and every single person. Right. When we look at the Old Testament history, there were Jews who completely understood yes. righteous by faith. Yes. You had Abraham. That's, that's all Paul's point, right? Right. There was Moses who understood even though he's the one giving the law, yeah. right. he understood. And then later on in, in, in Hebrews chapter 11, there are the people of faith. Yes. They all understood mm-hmm. it. And they were all Jewish, right? Yes. Mm-hmm. So they understood it. So when he's saying the Jews, the Jews didn't understood, these were the leaders of his day. This right. is the, the ones who were advocating for righteousness by keeping the law. 
right? Mm-hmm. And 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 of of all Israel, there are some people who understood it righteous by faith, and there are yeah. some who understood by righteous by law. And we'll talk about definitely in right. the covenants uh, season, the next season. So this is kind of a I know this is like oh, this is a lot, but it's a mixed right. bag. Mm-hmm. But he's definitely talking about the Jews who yes. say righteous by by law, right? Yep. Let, let's and he's, and he's almost he's attacking them, right? He's saying and think is, about the confusion, right? If if Jesus is the end of the law, yeah. and you're confused on the Messiah's purpose, yeah, and you're confused on the Messiah's identity, that's you're right, going to be confused right, on your right, relationship right. with the law. Yeah, that's and right. That's what was going on in Israel. Right, 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 right. Yeah. How do we do? What do we do with the law? Exactly, yes. exactly, exactly. Uh, I was just going to say, like the verse um, in verse six of chapter nine, mm-hmm. where it talks about yeah. you know what what you were saying. Um, it is not. Mm-hmm. That the word of God was has taken no effect, for they are not all Israel who are mm-hmm, of Israel, mm-hmm. nor are they all children because they are of the seed of Abraham. Mm-hmm. So, like that, even within the the people of Israel, there were those who accepted by faith. And then he gives the contrast right between the the, the two sons of Abraham, um, mm-hmm. and he's saying one came as a result of a faith experience, and one out of a works experience. Mm-hmm. And he's right. just saying, just because you are Abraham's child, mm-hmm. descendant, doesn't mean that you are. Automatic. Automatically of the Israel, uh, yeah, you know, like, yeah. yeah so, you're not in. <laughs> yeah, yeah, just because yeah. you're. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, let's go. Let's go forward in in, in chapter ten, and uh, let's let's get to the part that that Sebastian read, verse five, chapter ten, verse five. The Bible mm-hmm. reads, and this is a, this is a difficult passage. We're reading a lot of text here. Verse five: For Moses writes about the righteousness which is of the law. The man who does those things shall live by live by them. But the righteousness of faith speaks in this way: Do not say in your heart, Who shall ascend to heaven? That is to bring Christ down from above, or who will descend from the abyss? That is to bring Christ from the dead. But what does it say? The word is near you in your mouth and in your heart that is the word of faith which we preach that if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead you will be saved for with the heart one believes unto righteousness and with the mouth confession is made in salvation and in, and uh, I'm not going to read the rest of it because we already, already read it so that that section uh, how is this the core of, of this this uh, of this section here yeah that, that passage what what is Paul trying to say what are the basic principles uh, that he's trying to address uh, for for Israel. Mm-hmm. Well, the first thing he's he's mentioning is he's going back to Moses, right? Who is the in the Jewish mind that's the giver of the law. Mm-hmm. So he's kind of like, of course they're pursuing the law, right? Moses was the man in Israel, and he he brought the law, and this is the covenant, mm-hmm. this is the agreement. You're going to obey this law, mm-hmm. but he's quoting from two different places in Moses's speaking to the people. Mm-hmm. On one side, right, Moses is like, if you do these things and you live by them, you're going to be good. But then he also quotes Moses in Deuteronomy, mm-hmm. where Moses is saying, do not not say, oh, how can we can who can go up to heaven for us to bring Christ down and bring out this power and ability to mm-hmm. keep the law right. or to go into the abyss? He's like, no, Christ is near in you mm-hmm. in the word that is in your mouth by your confession of faith. Mm-hmm. Going back to Abraham, who believed God and it was accounted to him for righteousness. Mm-hmm. So he's trying to establish the fact that Israel as long as you have the possibility to call upon the name of the Lord, mm-hmm. you can be saved. Mm-hmm. Even the Israel who had all the privileges. Mm-hmm. And Moses told them that way long time ago. Yes. That it wasn't far away. It wasn't in an abyss. It wasn't right. up in heaven. It was in your mouth. Mm-hmm. Right. If you would just confess your belief in Christ. Say anything new, basically. No. Saying. This is, this, we had so, this the whole time. And yeah. don't, and don't, you know, try to 
put down individuals because they have failed and stumbled despite great spiritual privileges. Mm -hmm. We sometimes do that to say, well, this person was a theologian. This Mm -hmm. person had these all these spiritual experiences where they knew the power of God. They knew this and they still reject it. Mm -hmm. And Paul is like, no, the word is in their mouth. Mm -hmm. If they call upon the name of the Lord, they will be saved. And, Mm -hmm. and, you know, to speak Mm -hmm. to that, when he says in verse 12 of chapter 10, Mm -hmm. where there is no distinction between Jew and Greek, he's Mm -hmm. talking about those who have the privilege of knowledge or the word is in their mouth versus those who may not have had those privileges. And he's like, there is no distinction what it takes for us to attain to salvation. Mm -hmm. We all have to do the same thing. I thought thought that was just really powerful Mm -hmm. because I do feel that way, you know, when I see people that you look up to spiritually and they do stuff that you're like... What in the world? Yeah, like right. I learned this from you. Yeah, yeah. yeah, like you should know better. Mm-hmm. And yeah. and it's it can be very discouraging. But he's saying, look, we're all in the same boat, you know, yep. and it's, it's one thing to like use it to lift people up. But even for the people that we look up to just to be like, hey, we're in the same boat and we all need the same thing. We all need Jesus. Correct. Mm-hmm. So let me play the advocate of that, which I, I totally agree. I think <laughs> it's just equally very powerful. But then there, you could say the other thing. Well, then I don't want to know more. I just, yeah. I'm just going to call upon Jesus, me and Jesus, and I don't want to <laughs> know more because, and, and, and this is legit, right? Mm-hmm. And I, I'm, I'm not playing advocate to a degree. It is real. If we, if, if all these people who know a lot and if they're doing all this junk, yeah. right? Then why should I know a lot? Then doesn't that mean make me susceptible to the same junk that they're, they're tempted with? Yes. So then make, <laughs> so then, so then, should I just not? I think but, the right. How do we? How do we do attention? It, so it's Jonathan, Sebastian, and the Seagull. Okay, <laughs> <laughs> it's probably not going to stay in that order. Okay. Uh, well, let me. Yeah. So really, that is a, a self-deception because yeah. at the end of the day, whether you know much or you know little, in your sphere. There will be temptations and distractions and issues that you have to deal with. Just because you say, I'm not going to learn more, does not mean there will not be more right. temptations or less mm-hmm. temptations. It, you, the thing is, when you walk with Jesus, you grow, right? You are where you are right now. You learn a couple lessons. And then, you know, 10 years down the road, you're dealing with other things. Mm. You, cannot stop the, you cannot stop time. You can't go back in time. If you really love Jesus, you'll walk with him mm. and you will learn more and grow more. Mm. Will you stumble? Yes. But what do we learn in Romans chapter 6, 7, 8, you get up, the Holy Spirit is going to help you overcome, and you grow. And as you grow, really, you will want more of Jesus. You will want more yes. of, his, of His presence. And just because of a failure here and there does not mean that um, that you should stop that relationship. With so him. that negative fruit isn't an automatic extension of the, the knowledge and experience that no. the person has had. I mean, okay. you, you have to put it into the context of, of a relationship in a marriage, right? If you look at a marriage and you say, these people had an amazing marriage, 40 years, right. and they go through a rocky situation. Mm-hmm. And you say, oh, there was infidelity or abuse or whatever mm-hmm. that happened in this marriage. And you're like, but they clearly had this close relationship. He sacrificed for her. She sacrificed for him. They raised their kids in such a great way. We're not going to sit and say and look back and say, well, let me not get close to my spouse. Mm. Let me not invest in my kids. Because even if I do all of that, right, my home could go through issues. Mm. Like when you're approaching Christ, you're basically saying, let me not draw near to him who has my heart. Right. If Jesus has my heart, it's inevitable, right, that I'm going to want to draw closer to him. Mm-hmm. But the recognition is there is a battle out there. There's yes. another individual that wants the affections of your heart. And that individual, the closer you come and they see more the, the depth 
of affection and love that you have for Christ, the more ardently they're going to yes. come for you. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Because like for this pe- person over here who's playing the edge of their relationship with Jesus, what's the least I can do? I'm like, try that on any relationship you have yeah. and see how long that relationship lasts. But that other individual through the devil is going to do everything in his power mm-hmm. to try and, to bring you away from it. And that. if I can just inject, sorry, I know it was oh, your turn, but I just right. to, to speak to that in, <laughs> a, second, in terms yeah. of Israel, the great controversy between Christ and Satan did not start when Jesus came here here on earth, it, the Israelites went through it too. You read the Old Testament, there were attacks from Satan all the time. And so we got to cut them some slack because the experience that Israel had is often reflected in our walk with Christ too. Yes. You know, they fall, they get up, they try, you know, we, we do the same kind of things and we have to realize they went through the same kind of uh, battles and experiences. Yes, there were failures, but there were also victories. Let's not forget that. And there are, uh, you know, great examples in the Old Testament of faithful mm-hmm. people. So uh, I think it's a very good point and it's important that we keep that in mind uh, that there is a great controversy. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, on, on with the great controversy theme, um, my mind goes to Romans chapter 5. No, when you, both of you talk about great controversy, okay. we're talking about this great about this cosmic battle. This, this between war between God, good spiritual and battle. evil, mm-hmm. right. evil angels, good angels, Jesus, Satan, and da 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 Okay, yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. So on with, on with that. My mind goes to Romans chapter 5, mm. which established that we are already in this mess. Mm. So if you decide to sit in your room and like, Close your eyes, block your ears, because, well, if I know more, then I'm going to get tempted more. Well, sorry, you're going to get tempted no matter what. Mm -hmm. You know, you're going to experience trials no matter what, because Mm. Adam and hello, this is where we are. (laughs) So that's reality check, Mm. you know, and the only choice that we actually do have Mm -hmm. is Jesus. Mm. Right. And that's the choice that Jesus has given to us. And so. The, the idea, mm-hmm. the notion of, you know, I don't want to know more so mm-hmm. that I won't be, t- and I, I, I resonated with the question because I struggled with it as a, as a, you know, young Christian, um, was like, when I realized that the point isn't knowledge of information, mm-hmm. the point is Christ is the end of the law, yeah. mm. right? So everything in scripture testifies of Jesus. Mm. Everything that we learn, like all the doctrines, you know, all the information, like whatever, mm-hmm. Ultimately, it's supposed to be telling me about Jesus. And if I say, I don't want to know more, I'm saying, I don't want to know more about Jesus. That's right. Mm-hmm. In essence. Mm-hmm. But Paul's point, I think, in this section is that Jesus is what it's all about, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. and there's no salvation outside of Jesus. Mm-hmm. The only way we can be righteous is because Jesus, whether mm-hmm. to the Jew, to the Greek, to everybody, ultimately, it's all about Jesus. And his heart is burdened for those who had access to Jesus. And instead of tapping into that, instead of connecting with the Christ, who is the solution for all of humanity's problems, you know, they they fail to. I want to connect it back to Scripture here. I know we have a minute left on the clock, but I want to go to chapter 10, verse 14. How then shall they call on him in whom they have not believed? And how should they believe on him who they have not heard? And how should they hear without a preacher? And we're to verse 16. And they have not all obeyed the gospel. For Isaiah says, the Lord has believed every report. For faith comes by hearing 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 by the word of God. So the answer to this is that knowledge does not provide a certain advantage, but with knowledge there is a responsibility to go out and preach the gospel and let other people know more about Jesus. Mm -hmm. But to be saved, you only need to call upon his name and we're saved. But that extra knowledge is not insurance for salvation. Mm -hmm. And hopefully all of you have that responsibility and feel that unction and zeal to preach the name of Jesus. That's my prayer and hopefully all of yours. Thanks so much for joining us. We'll see you next week here on Inverse. 
You've been listening to Inverse, a Bible-based conversation with Kelly Williams, Israel Ramos, Jonathan Walter, Sebastian Braxton, Siku Dako, and your host, Justin Kim. Inverse is brought to you by The Hope Channel, television that changes lives. For this and more inspiring episodes, visit inverse.hopetv.org. Find us on social media, hashtag Inverse Bible. Until next time, this is Inverse.